Where the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for Wait a minute, folks. You ain't heard nothing yet. Hello, Al Jolson speaking. Al, this is Ken Carpenter at the Kraft Music Hall. You're supposed to be over here. From Hollywood, the Jimmy Durante Show. A dink a dink, a dink a doo, a dink a ding. Oh, what a doo! A dink a dink, a dink a doo, a dink a ding. Benny, the two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. We continue our three nights of Al Jolson for our friend Marjorie. And Marjorie, this one, uh, I decided to air the Al Jolson show first so that you can enjoy that. That's with David Niven as his guest. Uh, there's a picture of David Niven. I'll try and post him on this on the podcast. Um, Anyway, the picture is from this show in 1948, and yet he looks virtually the same as he did in the 60s and the 70s. I, <laughs> the guy looked old from the beginning, but then never got old. It, it's interesting. Uh, anyway, and I didn't even know David Niven was around in, in the late 40s. I thought he really, his career really took off in the 50s. But anyway, it's great to have him on the show. Following that, we have the Bing Crosby Show with Peggy Lee as his guest. And then rounding out tonight, we'll have the Jimmy Durante Show with him having a visit to the racetrack, which should be a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoy all three shows. And Marjorie, I hope you're enjoying our three nights with Al Jolson. Tomorrow, we will have Al Jolson's follow-up to the Jolson story, uh, can't remember the title of it off the top of my head, but it was a movie that was made in 1949 as a follow-up featuring Larry Parks again, but tomorrow we'll be featuring the Lux radio presentation of it, and I'll talk more about it then. Anyway, enjoy. Keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song. Whenever April a shower comes Good evening, folks. This is Al Jolson, and we got the Kraft Music Hall down at the American Legion Auditorium in Palm Springs, California, tonight. You've all heard of Palm Springs. This is a place where people from Hollywood go to get away from people from Hollywood, <laughs> which leaves very little room for the people from Palm Springs 
who want to get away from the people of Hollywood. <laughs> now, 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 since there's never been a hit song written about Farmer's Rings that I know of, I'm going to sing about another town. And it won't hurt me a bit if it happens to be my sponsor's hometown. <laughs> Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town, toddling town, Chicago, Chicago, I'll show you around. I love it, bet your bottom dollar, you lose the blues in Chicago. The town that Billy Sunday could not shut down. On State Street, that great street, I just want to say, just want to say, they do things they don't do on Broadway, say. They have the time, the time of their life. I saw a man, he danced with his wife in Chicago, Chicago, my hometown. That great street, I just want to say, just want to say they do things they don't do on Broadway, say. They have the time, the time of their life. I saw a man, he kissing his wife in Chicago, Chicago, my hometown. enjoy doing the show down here in Palm Springs. Me too, Ken. Oh, this is a lovely place. Sure a lot of big radio stars have done their shows from here lately, you know. <laughs> I know. I found a yo-yo in a dressing room, so I know Bob Hope's been here. Uh-huh. But uh, this other thing I picked up, that really puzzles me. Let me see it. What that is? Looks like a piece of collar from a raccoon coat, don't it? Well, I don't know, Al. Uh, to me, it looks more like a piece of that woolly stuff you shine shoes with, only, look, it's got a part in the middle. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, there's some writing on it. It says, if lost, we'll find her, please return to Jack Benny. <laughs> In the next line, we'll get... <laughs> liberal reward if you keep your mouth shut. Turn it yeah. I'll take it to the barber and have it massaged uh-huh. for Jack. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Al, when Bob Hope and Jack Benny were down here, the mayor presented each other with a key to the city. I sort of thought he'd do the same for you. Well, can I? I guess I ain't important enough. Oh, no. <laughs> All they gave me was a keyhole, and even that was locked. <laughs> Hello, Al. Hello, Ken. Oscar. Hello, Oscar. Look at him. Look at him. One day... One day in Palm Springs, you already have a got a you got a nice coat of tan, really you have. That's nothing. You should see me in Los Angeles when I've got a good coat of smog. <laughs> well, Oscar, you won't find any smog down here. This is the healthiest place in the world. People here live to be a hundred. You're over par. <laughs> now, look. now wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's skip that kind of talk. Tell me, where are you where are you staying? I'm living in a mirage. A mirage? How can you live in a mirage? It's not easy You've, you've got to go without water for ten hours before you can see it what? 
Come on, Oscar. Stop kidding. Where are you living? At the Biltmore. Biltmore? Mm-hmm. You like it? Hmm. I like it. <laughs> but they have a very peculiar rule there. Yeah? For instance, in the dining room when you finish dinner... Yeah. They don't give you the check at the table. No? They send it to your room. Why? So many people kept fainting in the dining room. <laughs> Oscar, if I'd have known you were coming, I would invite you to stay at my house. You knew I was coming down, remember? You said when I got to Palm Springs, I'd come over and see you between meals. <laughs> Look, maybe I can make it up to you. How long are you going to be in town? One day. All I've got is $1,000. Well... <laughs> well... To tell the truth, Oscar, we would have invited you, but we didn't know where to put your piano. Uh-huh, that's an easy out. However, the piano's right here in the hall. Tonight, folks, Oscar has a surprise for everybody. He is not going to play Cachaturian Saber Dance. <laughs> but he is going to play the nearest thing to it, Defiers Fire Dance. You're going to play it, Oscar, aren't you? I think. <laughs> For Lenten meals, for economy meals any day of the week, get Kraft's nutritious, smooth-melting cheese food, Velveeta. Spread or slice Velveeta's golden goodness thick for lunchtime sandwiches. Melt Velveeta for a smooth sauce that's swell on seafood or eggs and on leftover meats such as ham or chicken or veal. Those good-eating Velveeta main dishes help supply high-quality, complete protein 
and other precious milk nutrients, and they're money savers. So for sandwiches and for cooking, get Velveeta in the two-pound loaf. A big help with Lenten meals, and a big help with the budget, too. I love that fire dance, but uh, those last two bars sounded awfully repetitious. Would you mind playing the ending again? That's what I mean, that tum-tum-tum-tum-tum-tum-tum-tum-tum-tum-tum-tum-tum business. Why play that one chord so many times? Because I'm a show-off. It's only a shanty in old shanty town. Al, why did you stop? I moved to the Lone Palm. <laughs> this was hot in 1890. Yeah. Oscar, Oscar, just a moment. What is that? That's Gollywalk's Cakewalk by Debussy. Debussy? Mm-hmm. I know him. He's got a date shop in Cathedral City. <laughs> Say, Al. Yeah? A letter came from you today, and I opened it by mistake. Well, if you open my mail, you might as well take my glasses and read it to me. Okay. It says, quote, Last week you told me you'd be down to get me in a taxi and to be ready at half past eight. I was ready, and you ain't showed up. Signed, honey, unquote. Well, I know a lot of honeys, but I don't know any honey, unquote. <laughs> oh, I, I know what it is. Remember last week we did a little bit of Doc Downstrutter's ball? Well, I ask it, this is it. Honey, unquote, wants me to sing it. Well, all right, honey, unquote, this is for you. Al, do you yeah. mind if a few of the boys join me? I have a new hot combo. Ozzy Levant and his six nervous wrecks. Okay, Ozzy. Make me nervous. I'll be there to get you in a taxi, honey. You better be ready about a half past eight. Now, honey, don't be late. I want to be there. When the band starts playing Remember when we get there, honey Two steps, I'm gonna have them all I'm gonna dance out both my shoes When they play the Roger Stable Blues Tomorrow night at the Doctor's Brothers Ball I like that, Al Yeah? You know, since I've been on this show, you've made me appreciate cheap music. Thank you. <laughs> so much so, Al, that yeah. I have an irresistible desire to sing that same song. Go right ahead. I'll be down to get you in a taxi, honey. Oscar. Yasm? Sounds like your taxi's got a flat. Now, look. <laughs> By the way, how'd you like to go back about 30 years for a song? Gee, a short trip this week. Look, Oscar. <laughs> You'd be surprised at how a song, you know, like 30 years old, can still be a favorite today. Okay, Al, here's your standard nostalgic arpeggio. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime, strolling down the shady lane with your sweetheart mine. 
she holds your hand and you hold hers and that's a very good sign that she's your tootsie wootsie in the good old summertime. Al, yeah. when I was a little boy, uh, believe it or not, mm-hmm. one of my uh, favorites was By the Light of the Silvery Moon. Do you remember it? How can I forget it? It was in the Jolson story. Oscar, give me a Jolson story arpeggio, and I'll sing it for you. By the light of the silvery moon I love the spoon To my honey I'll croon Love's tune Honeymoon Keep a shining in June Your silvery beams Will bring love dreams Will be cuddling soon by the silvery Wait a minute. Would you mind telling me what you're doing now? Thirty years ago, I skipped the piano lesson. (laughs) You were meant for me. That's one man's opinion. Look, Oscar. Why do you you plug your last picture? If I do it once in a while, Daryl Zanuck throws me a bone. Oscar, look. Do me a favor. Say it. Don't sing it. You're constantly attacking my voice I'm not going to take it anymore I know it's out of line to sound off in the middle of a show But I'm beginning to think the Kraft Music Hall isn't big enough for both of us Well, what are you going to do about it? Nothing It's cozy this way (laughs) Well, now that we understand who's head cheese at the Kraft Music Hall You will please announce my next offering Yes, Massa Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jolson, who is easily the world's greatest entertainer and a wonderful fellow, will now sing a song that was actually written since 1912. Yes, sir, folks. It was actually written in 1913, and here it is. I'm crying just because you broke my heart. I'm crying cause we're drifting far apart I'm crying for a little love that's true Like I gave you I want it, I want it You used to want it too I'm crying cause you're acting mighty strange I'm crying Just to think how much you've changed I ought to hate you But I love you, love you 
love you true That's why I'm crying just for you Jellison? Uh, yes, Mr. Niven. Here's a handkerchief now. Stop crying. <laughs> Thank you, David Niven, but I... <laughs> I don't need a handkerchief. While I will admit that most of the time when I sing, I do get carried away. Uh, will they be coming after you soon? <laughs> Sam Goldwyn had to bring this guy all the way from England. I hope I haven't said anything to offend you, but... No, no, no. Oh, actually, you are a great friend of mine. Thank you. I recall when I was a small boy in London, I saw your picture, The Jazz Singer. Oh, yes, David, The Jazz Singer. That was the first talking picture. Well, what did you think? Frankly, I thought it would be the last. <laughs> David, look, uh, you look a little tired. Why don't you go outside and sit on a cactus? I tried that once, and it, it was like a mass vaccination. Well, I really should be grateful to you for starting the talking picture. Mm. Otherwise, today I might be a, a gentleman's gentleman. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, David. In fact, you might have been my gentleman's gentleman. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm afraid we'd be short one, gentleman. <laughs> uh, but, but think of it, Al. Yes. Without your great pioneering in motion pictures, I might never have made a movie like The Bishop's Wife. Oh, yes, I saw it. And really, David, I mean, not to flatter you, but you were swelling it. It was a wonderful picture. Oh, thank you, Preparing for the part, that was difficult, too. It, yeah. it, it took a lot of study for me to learn to play a bishop. Well, you could have made it easy for yourself. All you had to do was to go to see a couple of Bing Crosby's pictures. <laughs> oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. Now, Al, I want you to know that I have a definite purpose in coming here to see you. Look, David, look, David, if it's money, I may as well tell you I charge little less interest than the banks. Oh, that's... That's quite understandable. You've been established longer than most well, of them. <laughs> But, Al, it isn't money I'm after. I want to talk to you about making a picture in England. That sounds interesting. Would, uh, would the deal include a round-trip ticket for Larry Parks? <laughs> no, no, that won't be necessary. No? We, we have no intention of making another picture about your life. But, David, look, the, the, the Jolson story was only the first half of my life. Why, why wouldn't England want to make the sequel? Well, they don't think you've done anything interesting in the last 50 years. Well... <laughs> Well, look, why couldn't I make the picture here and have it shown in England, huh? Oh, it wouldn't do at all. Why? Well, every picture made in the United States and shown in England, the Americans take away 25% of the profits. <laughs> well, uh, we can't let those Americans chisel in on those Englishmen. Hey, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, you all is perfectly right, you all. <laughs> You know, David, it would be kind of nice for me to see London again. Really, I'd love it. I can just see myself strutting down the same old Piccadilly. No, it isn't quite the same Piccadilly. No? They've, they've remodeled it. Hmm. Now the, the picker's in the middle and the dilly's on top. <laughs> you, uh... You must have found that in Jack Banner's dressing room. Look, uh, <laughs> Now, David, if we, if we could arrive at fair terms that I would dictate, 
Just, uh, what kind of a picture do you have in mind for me? Strictly an adventure story, Al. Uh Uh-huh. And there's one great scene which you'll love. I come rushing into the ship's cabin. Uh, Oh, does this take place out on the ocean? No, no, the ship is in your backyard. You're a sort of old, broken-down millionaire who collects ships. Uh, And I rush in, and I rush in, and I say, Sir... The men at the factory are restless. They're muttering and mumbling, and, and, and they're in a mutinous state of mind. You must help us. We work too hard. We slave too long and struggle too desperately these past months. We must not fail. What do I say? Well, nothing. That's the end of the scene. <laughs> well, I, I'm used to being in pictures and not talking. <laughs> but look, David, uh, isn't there a little romance in the picture? You know, I play a love scene, really, like nobody. So I've heard. Well... <laughs> Let's look, let's look at the script. Now, yeah. Here, here's a love scene. Now, read it for me, will you, Al? In any way you'd like to have me read it? Give me a little direction. Tenderly, Al, tenderly. Tenderly, yeah. Cynthia, darling, you must know I'm not marrying you for your money. Down deep in your heart, you know I love you. Why, I've watched you grow from a knock-kneed, scrawny, freckle-faced girl to a knock-kneed, scrawny, freckle-faced woman. <laughs> Bended me, I ask you, marry me. Marry me. Well, David, what do you think? I think we'll cut the scene and have you write her a letter. <laughs> I don't know. Come to think it over. Maybe you have Oscar Levant. It would be better to play the part. Oscar, would you be interested in making a picture in England? No, thanks. You'd probably have me playing piano while James Mason keeps hitting me over the hands with a cane. <laughs> I could play that part. I got a cane. <clears throat> no, but that picture was already made by J. Arthur Rank. Mm-hmm. Any picture that Al and I made together would be under the Rank label. You know, David, maybe I wouldn't be too bad I have some English ancestry And every time I go over there, I love to ride the hounds Oh, really? Do you ride English saddle? Nah, I'm not English on that side (laughs) Al, yeah? Al, I wish you'd make a picture for me in England Can't you just see the premiere with all of London attending? Yeah The crowds and lights And and just before you enter the theater Go on, go on We have a beautiful ceremony in the lobby and you put your footprints in, in Yorkshire pudding. I'd rather put my face in it, but go on, will you? And then the picture flashes on the screen. A David Niven production starring Al Jolson. Here, here. What became of me? You're riding the hounds. <laughs> and at the finish of the last scene, you're standing with your arms outstretched, singing April showers. April showers in a British picture. Yes, I can see it too. So keep on looking for an English sparrow and listening for his chirp. Chirp? Chirp. Very well done, Niven, old boy. Very well done. When April's inclement weather arrives in all that sort of rut, we'll see you at the Ratley Club for the spot of tea. Good night, David. are serving Lenten meals for all of you who are trying to keep the food budget in line, and for you mothers who sometimes have to feed the gang after a basketball game, here's a swell recipe. It's for Velveeta Welsh Rabbit. Easy to make, economical, and licking good. But what's more, Kraft's famous cheese food makes it a fine, nutritious main dish. Now, here's all you do. In the top of the double boiler, melt one half pound of golden, delicious Velveeta. Then add one-fourth cup of milk, salt, pepper, a dash of dry mustard, and Worcestershire sauce. Serve that rich golden Welsh rabbit on toast points and listen to the raves. 
It's a gala dish any day of the week, a smart dish to serve any time of the day or night because Velveeta is as digestible as milk itself. When you're serving a whole gang for a party, you'll want to double the recipe, a pound of smooth-melting Velveeta to a half cup of milk. So buy Velveeta in the two-pound loaf and have plenty for snacks and sandwiches, too, all week. Smart shoppers, head your market list tomorrow with the word Velveeta. Folks, if you could look in the attic of my house, you'd see a battered old theatrical trunk. If you should open that old trunk, you'd find a yellow straw hat, a suit with tight-fitting pants, a big flashy bow tie, a piece of burnt cork, some white gloves, letters from old friends like Luke Docksetter, Flo Zigfield, and a package of perfumed notes tied with ribbon. Everybody's got an old suitcase or a box put away full of things worthless to anyone else, but priceless to you. There's nothing left for me Of days that used to be I live in memory Among my souvenirs Some letters tied with blue A photograph or two I see a rose from you among my souvenirs A few more tokens rest Within my treasure chest And though they do their best To give me consolation I count them all apart and as the teardrops start, I find a broken heart among my souvenirs. within my treasure chest, and though they do their best, I find a broken heart among my souvenirs. Good night, folks. David Niven, currently starred in The Bishop's Wife, appears with the courtesy of Samuel Goldwyn. Tune in again next Thursday for the Kraft Music Hall, starring Al Jolson with Oscar Levant, Lou Bring and his orchestra and chorus, and our special guest, Cary Grant. This is Ken Carpenter saying good night. Stay tuned into this station to hear Jack Carson with Eve Arden, who will follow immediately. Also, tune in The Great Gildersleeve next Wednesday on this network. Remember, next Thursday's guest on Kraft Music Hall will be Cary Grant. <laughs> If you're one of those people who think all mustards are the same, there's a treat in store for you. Try the two types of mustard made by Kraft, both deliciously different.
Kraft's salad mustard is a light golden mustard, mild and delicately spiced. Kraft's mustard with horseradish added is a sharper, snappy mustard. Keep both on your kitchen shelf. They'll add flavor and zest to sandwiches, frankfurters, cold meats, deviled eggs. And to the many leftover foods that are so important now that we must save every ounce of food we can. Add flavor to leftover dishes with Kraft prepared mustards. Ask for Kraft salad mustard and Kraft... This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. I shall uh, whistle this. No, I can't. <laughs> when the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for me. This is Ken Carpenter welcoming you to Philco Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guest. Peggy Lee. And now on this cold February evening, we bring you Philco's red-hot snowman, Bing Crosby. Ken, that's a left-handed introduction if I've ever heard one, red-hot snowman. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bing. How about calling you Philco's singing snowman? That's better. At least it takes me out of the drip class. Good. Now if the rhythm airs will come huddle around the old snowman, we shall all skip down the road to Rio, from the Paramount picture, I mean, and blend in a song called You Don't Have to Know the Language. John Scott, give us a push, will you? Oh, Mr. Crosby. Hello. We've a problem that is difficult to solve because the language it involves is one, the one that we know, one that we know nothing about. Oh, rhythm airs. After due deliberation of your problem, all you do is wooing and wobbling, which in any language always means a miss, a kiss. Like this? Supposing you need a vacation. Brazil is the place you should be. So you can't understand what they're saying, and you can't read a sign that you see. But you don't have to know the language with the moon in the sky and a girl in your arms and a look in her eyes. You stop at the Copacabana, the sugar loaf mountain in view. All the words on the menu mean nothing. No salve. You can't ask a soul what to do. But you don't have to know the language. With the moon in the sky and the girl in your arms and a look in her eye. When she smiles your way, what more would you want anyone to say? So you sigh, just sigh. You don't have to mention that Yankee phrase. I, I. Perhaps when you end your vacation, you bring back a bit of razzle. So you can't understand what she's saying. You need an interpreter still. But you don't have to know the language with the moon in the sky. And the girl in your eyes. And the look in her eyes. I know you don't have to know the language if you don't want to say goodbye. With the moon in the sky. And a girl in your arms. It's the look 
in her eyes. You don't have to know, you don't have to know. The language isn't necessary, cause the meaning doesn't vary. If you've got the charm it takes, the language isn't necessary. Thank you very much, boys and girls. And now I turn you over to a man who really knows the language, Master Kenneth Carpenter. Uh, thank you, Mr. Crosby. And to prove your statement, I will say a few hundred words on any subject. Just name it any subject at all. All right. Horseshoes. Horseshoes? Mm-hmm. Very well. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to hear Billy Rose's program pitching horseshoes, he'll sound more sparkling than ever on any of the new Philco radios. Hmm. That's pretty clever. Yeah. We can't trap you, can we, Ken? No, not when it comes to talking about Philco's being... And talking about Philco's, those gorgeous new Philco consoles give you lots of storage space to keep lots of records. Supposing you haven't got lots of records. Well, and there's plenty of space to store your old horseshoes. Or your old Billy Roses. Sure. See, that's nice. (laughs) Anyway, Bing, the big news for record fans right now is that Philco's brought out four magnificent new console radio phonographs. And with every one of them, you get a new extra dividend, plenty of record storage space in the cabinet. Now, that just about wraps it up for you listeners who go for recorded music in a big way. Because these four new Philco consoles sure give you everything else for luxurious listening. Take Philco's new 1286. Gives you wonderful static-free FM reception. Philco's big concert grand speaker. Super smooth record changer, plus the sensational Philco electronic scratch eliminator. And get this, you can buy the Philco 1286 at a price that won't bust your budget. See it, hear it, price it at your Philco dealer. It's a sensational new radio phonograph value. Tops in quality for your money from Philco, the leader. records Peggy Lee ever made was Golden Earrings. Here tonight is her personalized version of it. There's a story the gypsies know is true that when your love wears golden earrings he belongs to you. story that's known to very few but if your love wears golden earrings he belongs to you by the burning fire they will glow with every cold your soul so be my gypsy make love your guiding light and let this pair of golden earrings cast a spell tonight 
make love your guiding light And let this pair of golden earrings Cast their spell tonight That was very gossamer, Peggy. Yeah. Got some more like it? <laughs> Lots of mm-hmm. things. <laughs> well, while I'm still under the spell of your voice, I, I want to confess something to you, Peggy. The, the work oh. you've been doing over on Durante's show, very impressive. Oh, thank you. And I'm not the least bit mad because you threw me over for Jimmy. Oh. The best man won. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are times when Jimmy's voice really thrills me. It's so haunting. Haunting? Yeah. Oh, Peggy, <laughs> come, pull yourself together. <laughs> pull myself Let's together. face it, Jimmy's a sweetheart, but his voice to me sounds like two stalks of celery chewing each other to shreds on a tin roof. <laughs> of course, you, you just can't compare Jimmy's voice with yours. Not after what I just said. <laughs> Anyhow, Peg, do you recall a few months ago when Dinah Shore and I did a batch of beat-up ballads that nobody had ever heard before? Oh, sure. You did sort of a broken-down hit parade. Yeah, that's right. You do hear our show once in a while. Oh, yes, yes. You're the one. (laughs) (laughs) Say, I wonder if you'd like to break down with me tonight, Peggy, and do a second edition of that show. Why, certainly. What can I lose? Just your reputation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bing, I think it's a good idea to do some tunes that never quite make the grade. You're so right. Who needs popular songs? (laughs) Well, not me. I've heard the best things in life are free so many times I... Tore up all my money. <laughs> I know what you mean. I've sung dance ballerina dance so often I can't get off my toes. <laughs> I may be the next Mrs. Hush. I don't... <laughs> you know, and once a song catches on, it sure gets around. And how? I've heard Too Fat Polka. You know that tune so yeah. many mm-hmm. times? I've ordered a girdle. <laughs> well, you've never worn a girdle, have you, been? No, but Hope tells me they feel great when you get them off. <laughs> Hey, Peggy, let's get started. How on our program of songs that are fighting for recognition? Ready, Bing. But what will we call the program? Stand by, Peggy. John Scott, Fannis Affair. Your Flop Parade. Yes, your all-time Flop Parade. Featuring a saggy sock full of dilapidated ditties, which are destined to go nowhere unless you, the people, give them a hand. Or a boot. (laughs) Your all-time Flop Parade is brought to you by the makers of... Hair. (laughs) Friends, are you bald? Do you blush where you used to brush? (laughs) Is your head slick where it used to be thick? If so, try some hair. There's nothing like hair to run your fingers through. Here is one of the men who knows hair best, Mr. Orville J. Follicle of Tony Coldwave, North Carolina. <laughs> Mr. Follicle says... I've been growing hair for now on to 40 years. 
Ever since I was a small boy, the soft southern Carolina breezes have been kissing my hair. I wonder who's kissing it now. Thank you, Mr. Follicle. And housewives, remember, there's nothing like hair to keep your old bobby pins in. Now, on with your flop parade featuring Peggy Lee and Harry Crosby. Evening, Bing. Evening, Peggy. And good evening, all you anxious listeners. Yes, sir. You bet. And how. We get your flop parade started with the song. <laughs> got some great laughers in the van tonight. <laughs> See that this boy's called back every week. Yeah. And how. We get your flop parade started with the song voted number 10 by millions of people who have never heard it before. That stirring love song of the Bayou's Mississippi Moon. Okay, Bayou's? Flip the flop to us, Pop. Okay. There's a miss I miss in Mississippi. Where the Mississippi flows. I can see you're in the morning when it's drippy. With the Mississippi squishing through her toes. When I see the first ranunculus a-bloomin' I'm a-goin' back and banish all my woes Then I'll kiss the miss I miss in Mississippi And eat their Mississippi nose That was number 10, Mississippi Moon And what's the next song that awaits the smack of success? It's the number two song of the week, the song that drew more mail than Santa Claus. That's got to be John Keeley's immortal song of a Hoosier lad who strayed from home. It's about time that I wrote to the folks in Terre Haute. There won't be a dry Indiana eye in the country when we finish this thing. <laughs> Take it so tenderly, Mr. Trotter. Mr. Bodkin, pardon me. From New Albany. Where are you from? Los From Richmond, Indiana, the guitar player comes. He'll give this the full treatment, I'm sure. How's it go? <laughs> oh, I got it, I got it. Though I'm homesick and I'm not in good condition There's nothing wrong but what a trip won't cure Now I ask you, place yourself in his position Wouldn't you go home at once? And that's for sure The refrain it's about time that I wrote To the folks in Terre Haute My hometown by the Wabash Far away Where he lost his heart one night While the stars were shining bright By the Wabash now so far away When I said goodbye to June Beneath that Hoosier moon A nightingale sang softly Seemed to say Oh, come back soon You're in good voice tonight, Kate. It's about, it's about time that I wrote to the folks in Terre Haute And my sweetheart By the Wabash Far away So far away 
Friends, you're listening to your flop parade, forced on you by the makers of hair. <laughs> Remember, housewives, when you go stepping out at night, look your best. Wear hair. <laughs> hair comes in several attractive colors, brown, black, red, gray, blonde, and egad, Mabel, what have they done to you this time? <laughs> And now, on with your flop parade. Here's a great tune for you, Peg. What's the title, Bing? When you walked out with your shoes on, I knew you were gone for good. <laughs> I don't know it. Well, then take this one. Was last night the last night with you? Oh, that's the number six song of the week, written by Jack Brooks. This is your moment, girl. Oh, <laughs> Last night, the last night with you Was the first kiss, the last kiss, the last kiss, the first Tell me, has my heart been cursed? Was the first time I saw you, the last time Was the last time, the first time I'm sorry that I asked The first time was the last time And the last time was the first Then the last time was the last time And the first time is the worst and at last I see your colors true And the first time will be the last time That I fall in love with you Oh, that was great, Peggy Really great Now here's the number two and a half song of the week A torchy blues chant entitled Tortured Written by Miss Bessie Patterson of Tucumcari, New Mexico After a frightfully human experience <laughs> This song will burn its way into the hearts of the nation Tortured <laughs> I don't know why I am so Torture. Every time I see you, I'm tortured. I might say I feel all right, but I still feel all wrong. My heart is crying its eyes out. As hearts will do in a song Must I be so terribly tortured It's no fun to be the one tortured You're with someone new in our old apple orchard And I'm not only blue I'm tortured Now for the number seven song of the week A new one, but again a comer Boise, Idaho And believe me, this number is no small potatoes it was written by Ed Walsh for the homecoming extravaganza show at the University of California. And President Sproul wants it known that this number does not in any way reflect the level of the music department of the university. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's a smash. Me too. Let's do it, kid. Why, hello. Why, hello. How are you today? I'm fine. Me too. We're both feeling okay. See, my bag's all packed. For a trip out west? You mean out there where the sun shines best? All set? You bet. Let's go back that way. Here we are just a little bit far from the place where we belong. Oh, we ain't got a dime, but we're biding our time by always singing this song. Rodeo, do-do-do, you'll never know. How much we long for Boise, Idaho. Horse from a butte are mighty cute, but we will let them go. For the girls are noisy when they come from Boise, Boise, Idaho. Rodeo, do-do-do, you'll never know. How much we long for Boise, Idaho. We're on the right track, we don't need any signs to a little log cabin in the rattling pine. We're so happy that we don't mind to say goodbye to all the things we left behind. But it's not near to the place we'd like to play. Now before we go, there's one more thing that we would like to say. Rodeo, do-do-do, you never know How much we long for Boise, Idaho Boise, Idaho Boise, Idaho Anybody, anybody wishing copies of Boise, Idaho can get them baked, boiled, french fried, mashed, or au gratin at his favorite restaurant, or at Sib Kleffner's Sporting Goods Store. And now, a word about hair. Hair is available in many convenient lengths. Very short, short, medium, medium long, long, extra long, and who turned out the lights? <laughs> and now, on with your flop parade. Number one tune of the week, the one you've all clamored for again and again. These Lush Moments by Burke, Van Heusen, and again. <laughs> These Lush Moments, how I adore. These Lush Moments, thrill to the core. Our romance is quiet and solemn. But dreams keep running up and down my spinal car. It's lush music, lover, let's waltz. No rush music, plenty of schmaltz. Say we'll meet again in the same rendezvous. Let's, Let's not brush, brush the, the hush, it's moisturized, <laughs> of these lush moments with you.
that last song you and Bing did on the flop parade, these lush moments. Oh, brother. You liked it, I can't. Oh, that really sent me. I sure hope it puts our listeners in the mood for a little lush listening. You know, it'd take a real schmaltzy commercial to make you appreciate how wonderful these new Philco consoles sound. In fact, we'd settle for your brushing the commercial for now in favor of dropping in at your Philco dealer later and taking a listen to these new Philcos for yourself. Words can't describe the sock you'll get from the extra power Philco built into these fine new radio phonographs. But you sure can hear the difference when you listen to them playing a record you already know. More high notes, more low notes, a greater range of undistorted tone, all the music you could never hear before. And that goes double when you listen to your records played with Philco's new kind of tone arm, the patented dynamic reproducer, and Philco's electronic scratch eliminator that tunes out needle scratch and service noise. It's an unbeatable combination in recorded music, and you'll find it on two new Philco radio phonographs that hit a new high in luxurious listening. Compare them at your dealer and let your ear be the judge. And for tops in radio listening anytime, get a Philco, famous for quality the world over. Here's the Maori farewell song. Now is the hour. Now is the hour when we must say goodbye. Soon you'll be saved.
that, as the saying goes, is that. It's time to thank everybody for chipping in to round out the past half hour. And a special thanks to Peggy Lee. I had a lot of fun, Bean. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Who's your guest for next week? All-star cast next week, Peg. We're looking forward to a visit from Jack Benny and Tom Brenneman. Mm, that's quite a cast. Mm -hmm. How will you keep Tom Brenneman awake long enough to do an evening program? Oh, we'll hide his Ovaltine that night. <laughs> Pound him on the head, beat him all around the joint. Good night, Bean. Good night, Peg. Good night, folks, and thanks very much. This program was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Myrtle McKenzie. Peggy Lee appeared through the courtesy of the Rexall Drug Company. Tune in to Philco Radio Time next week and hear Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guests, Jack Benny, and Tom Brenneman. And remember, keep your eye on your Philco dealer now for the newest thing in radio from Philco, the leader. <laughs> Health to all from Rexall. From Hollywood, it's the Jimmy Durante Show. I think it is. I think it is. I think it is. Oh, God, I think Yes, 10,000 Rexall drugstores who carry the complete line of top-quality Rexall drug products bring you the Jimmy Durante Show with Peggy Lee, Candy Candido, Roy Bargy and his orchestra, the Crew Chiefs Quartet, yours truly, Howard Petrie, and that gay little gadabout, Victor Moore. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's little bundle of bait for Esther Williams, the one and only Jimmy Durante in person... Start off each day with a song Now even when things go wrong You'll be better, you'll even look better I'm here to tell you that you'll be a go-getter Now the way that you shake my hand Will tell you how I stand Now isn't it better to go through life with a smile and a song Than walking around with a face 11 miles long Now you know that you can't go wrong why, you just start off each day with a song. You've got to start off each day with a song. Even when things go wrong, you feel better, you even look better. How do you like that? When I sing, the man who walks starts to run. <laughs> but that don't bother me, Howard. There's good news tonight. Los Angeles now has the largest population in the country. The heavy winds last night blew Pismo Beach into Beverly Hills. <laughs> my, my lawn is now spouting clams. Snaz, <laughs> you're really in fine spirits tonight. Why shouldn't I be, Howard? 
I, got, I just got in from Washington where I attended the annual Jackson Day dinner that cost $100 a plate. Gosh, Jimmy, how does it feel to eat a dinner that costs $100 a plate? How would I know? I only had seven bucks with me. I had to eat out of a saucer. <laughs> what a dirty look I got from Truman's dog. It was his saucer. <laughs> but how it, that $100 a plate dinner was really she-she. All the political big shots were there. Governor Dewey, ex-Governor Stassen, Senator Taft, Governor Warren. Oh, but Jimmy, Jimmy, those are all Republicans. What were they doing there? This year, the Democrats can't afford to be choosy. They'll take anybody's money. Laughing, I was the where's the next line? Oh, yeah, yeah. And to prove it, Howard, here's a picture I took of the Republican delegation. Oh, let's see it, Jim. Oh, yes, there's Taft, Dewey, Stassen. But who's this little guy on the end? He's from the finance company. The Republicans have been out of office so long, they had to borrow the hundred bucks. <laughs> well, Jimmy, tell me, how were the speeches? Did they call on you? Indeed, they did. And when my speech was over, I sat down to finish my dinner, and everybody in the joint came over and slapped me on the back. Well, they liked your speech, huh? No, I was choking on an elf pit. <laughs> Several faux pas later... That's the way my folks want me elegant. <laughs> Truman wanted to discuss my speech with me, and I was very hurt when he invited me to step out on the balcony. You were hurt? Yeah, it's lucky I wasn't killed. This balcony isn't built yet. <laughs> Say, Jimmy, tell us about the big event of the evening, the speech the president made. It was very interesting, Mr. Petrie. The president outlined his political platform, and immediately after Truman's speech, he had entertainment. Entertainment? Yeah, a group of Southern Democrats got up and sang, I'm just mild about Harry. <laughs> well, now, how does all this affect your political future, Snoz? Frankly, I'm worried, Howard. My political opponents have started a smear campaign against me. They say I'm illiterate, incompetent, and immaterial. And I regard that as a libel. Libel? Yeah, they're liable to prove it. <laughs> then on top of that, I'm worried about losing the women's vote to Dewey. Oh, Dewey hasn't got a chance against you, Jimmy, not with the profile you've got. I admit I've got a nice profile, but Dewey's got a whole face. <laughs> it comes in handy for pictures that are taken from the front. <laughs> Well, Jimmy, I, I think you're a cinch for the vice presidency, but with the strenuous campaign coming on, you've got to watch your health and get plenty of rest. I know that, Howard, and that's the grasshopper and the cold cream, formerly known as the fly in the ointment. <laughs> but how can I rest when I can't sleep? Oh, you have insomnia. That's right. I'm an insomaniac in the advanced stages. <laughs> for instance, last night I was feeling quite fatigued and in a mood for slumber, so putting on my eyelash curlers, my chin strap with the dimple attachment... And the sling which keeps my nose from falling out of bed. <laughs> I'm all ready for the Sandman when I hear a noise. Removing my eyelash curlers, my chin strap, and the sling which keeps my nose from falling out of bed. I investigate the noise, and what is it? My cat wants to get out. I'm ready for Rockabye Baby, and she's ready for Papa. Won't you dance with me? <laughs> so I open the door, and she's off to meet Arthur Murray's Tomcat. Once more, I put on my eyelash curlies, my chin strap, and the sling which keeps my nose from falling out of bed. And I'm just about to slip into the arms of Morpheus when what happens? I hears a knock on the door, feeling my way in the dark, and stubbing my toe on a low boy which was higher than I thought. <laughs> I opens the front door, and what is it? A messenger boy with a package. 
I said, what's the idea of delivering a package at two in the morning? Well, don't you deliver it in the daytime? He says, I can. I'm using a stolen bicycle. <laughs> Slamming the door on his happy little face, I dropped back into my beauty rest mattress, which on me is completely wasted. I tried the left side, the right side, the top, the bottom, the corners, and the edges. But no matter which way I turn, the dimples in my back don't fit the buttons in the mattresses. <laughs> Two hours later, I'm just about to drift into Sumberland, when, and again I hear a scratching at the door. So once more, I opens the door, and what is it? The cat has canceled her date. The other cat was a Henry Wallace fan. He brought along a third party. <laughs> now you know that you can't go wrong. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Did you know that more than 2,000 different drug products bear the name Rexall? That's a big family indeed, and a highly respected one too. For in millions of American homes, the familiar name Rexall has come to mean the utmost in quality, purity, and reliability. So for any and for all of your drug needs, always buy Rexall. Have confidence in what that name means, quality, purity, and reliability in drug products. Get them at Rexall drugstores throughout the nation where 25% of America buys its drug needs. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. Very nice, Mr. Petrie, but you neglected to mention that my picture is the window of every one of those Rexall stores, right next to a bottle of nose drops. <laughs> well, say, that, that's right, Jimmy, and tell me, how does it feel to have your picture all over America like that? I don't mind as long as I give my permission, but last week, without my permission, a likeness of me appeared on a national advertising campaign, and I was about to sue. Well, if it was a likeness of you, Jimmy, why didn't you sue? The makers of rival dog food proved it was a cocker spaniel. <laughs> Unnatural mistake. We both happen to have the same beauty marks. Yes. I apologize. <laughs> but now, ladies and gentlemen, to proceed from the nonsensical to the non-secator, which is just 20 miles this side of San Bedou, I'm proud to present... Pardon me, is this the take it or leave it program? <laughs> you want to take it or leave it program? Well, nobody will take what I've got and I'd like to leave it. <laughs> Why, it's that dashing dilettante Victor Moore. You know, Victor? Victor, it's good to see you brimming over with vim, vigor, and vitamins. Uh, thank you, Jimmy. It's good to see you, too. You know you're as refreshing as a scented breeze drifting like a skylark over a purple lagoon. <laughs> ah, those are beautiful words. Where did you ever learn them? I do Noel Coward's laundry, and they were scribbled on an old shirt tape. <laughs> <laughs> that I understand. Well, what's this I hear about you suffering from insomnia? Insomnia, nothing. I can't even sleep. <laughs> 
Why, I've been awake so long, I got two inches of dust on my eyebrow. What did I say? Excuse me, please, Mr. Durante. I was just listening to your program in my automobile and learned that you have insomnia. I'm Professor Schultz, BBS, PhD, LLD. That's a funny way to spell Schultz. <laughs> Victor, Victor, please. We're in the presence of a man with a night school diploma. Mr. Durante, at the University of Heidelberg, I discovered a sure cure for insomnia. Oh. Now, if you buy this phonograph record of Brahms Lullaby, and when you go to bed tonight, you play it over and over, I guarantee you will fall sound asleep. Sounds all right, but won't I have to wake up to turn off the record? Oh, that's what everybody says. I just can't sell any of these records. <laughs> <laughs> Well, color too bad, his brain doesn't have an automatic changer. Uh, Jimmy, you don't need that guy. I got a sure remedy for insomnia. Every night I drink three glasses of warm milk. One pasteurized, one homogenized, and one terrorized. Milk that's terrorized? Yeah, it's from discontented cows who didn't want to let go. <laughs> I always use carnation milk. It looks better in my lapel. But what can I do to get a little sleep? Well, I could drop around tonight and sing to you. Sometimes I sing myself to sleep. <laughs> you sing yourself to sleep? Yeah, I just lie back and start to croon. Rock-a-bye, Victor, on the treetop. That puts you to sleep? Uh, sure, I'd be crazy to stay awake and listen to a racket. <laughs> he nearly lost his place too there for a minute. <laughs> Don't be so modest, Victor. With your voice, you could put Perry in a coma. <laughs> I got a million of them. Well, this thing calls for a scientific approach. Tell me, when you go to bed, do you lie with your nose over the covers or under the covers? Victor, the nose is the covers. Uh. <laughs> if, I could plug, if I could plug in this schnoz, I'd have the biggest electric blanket in town. <laughs> but, Victor, let's ignore me and my dilemmas. I may not be able to sleep, but if I could, here comes the girl I'd dream about. It's Peggy Lee. <laughs> Greetings. Peggy, might I say that you're looking today chick tonight? <laughs> well, so are you, Jimmy. As a matter of fact, I don't know which one of you is prettier tonight, you or Victor. Well, I got dimples. <laughs> well, uh, Victor may have dimples, but I got, uh, well, I got, I must have something. <laughs> He's got insomnia. Ah, <laughs> oh, you poor thing. Jimmy, what you need is some fresh air and relaxation. I went out to the racetrack yesterday, and I feel terrific. Say, that sounds like a good idea. Did you win any money? Well, I was wearing a dress with a new look, so I only bet to win and place. How come? Well, with a new look dress, nothing ever shows. Ah, uh, you blonde bombshell, you... <laughs> Say, that's funny that you mentioned the racetrack, Peggy. Just this afternoon, I found a free pass to the clubhouse. 
See, Jimmy, we can go out and spend the whole afternoon at Santa Anita without spending a dime. A tempting proposition. Well, don't you sing, Peggy, while Victor and I go into my mulling room and mull it over. Glad to, Jimmy. Glad to. Supposing you need a vacation, Brazil is the place you should be. So you can't understand what they're saying, or you can't read a sign that you see. But you don't have to know the language, with the moon in the sky, and the girl in your arms, and the look in her eyes. You stop at the Copacabana With Sugarloaf Mountain in view So the words on the menu mean nothing You can't ask a soul what to do But you don't have to know the language With the moon in the sky And the girl in your arms And the look in her eyes When she smiles your way what more could you want anyone to say? So you sigh, just sigh. You don't have to mention that Yankee phrase. Aye, aye. Perhaps when you end your vacation, you bring back a bit of Brazil. So you can't understand what she's saying. You need an interpreter still. But you don't have to know the language. With the moon in the sky and the girl in your arms and the look in her eyes. No, you don't have to know the language if you don't want to say goodbye. Don't have to know Pali Mwadamu. Don't have to know by me to shame. Don't have to know Achichornia. Don't have to know como esta bien You don't have to know the language With the moon in the sky And the girl in your arms And the look in her eyes No, you don't have to know the language If you don't want to say Here's a 60-second story from the Rexall Laboratory. One of the most ingenious instruments in the great Rexall Control Laboratory is the pyrometer. As the name implies, this instrument measures heat. It's really a hypodermic thermometer with a long needle-like attachment which can penetrate a container and take the temperature of the product inside. Some Rexall products, such as surgical ointments, are sterilized even after they are sealed in tubes. The pyrometer's needle can be inserted in the tubes to make absolutely certain that the ointment itself has reached sterilizing temperature. The pyrometer is only one of the many scientific instruments used daily in the Rexall laboratory for measuring, analyzing, and testing. But it's one more reason why you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. So for any and for all of your household drug needs, always buy Rexall at Rexall drugstores everywhere. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. Rexall. 
Pat, Victor, this promises to be a great day. A free pass to the races might be just the thing for my insomnia. And who knows? At the track, we might even meet a few girls of the female species. <laughs> well, girls are all right, Jimmy, but I like horses better. You do? Yeah, ever since I was a young man, I spent most of my time with horses. A recommendable pastime. But haven't you ever thought of marriage? I have, but I just can't find a horse that's serious. <laughs> if any of my friends are listening in Chicago, please stop that joke before it reaches New York. <laughs> ah, but my boy is as frisky as a two-year-old. He's feeling his oats tonight. Well, come on, Jimmy. Let's go to the track. This free pass is burning a hole in my money belt. Okay, Victor, I'll go. But remember, no betting. Okay. Racing farms, get your racing farms here. One side, my good man. We're not betting today. That's right, buddy. Now let me have that free pass, Victor. And watch the way I impress this guy at the ticket window. Hello, my good man. Here's our pass. What are you doing out here? I'm betting two dollars on you in the next race. <laughs> betting on me? Wait a minute, I'm not a horse. Then why is that oat bag hanging down in front of your face? <laughs> That's not a note bag and stop counting my teeth. I'll tell you how old I am. Uh, just a minute, Buster. This fellow happens to be a friend of mine. I've yet to see the day you can holler at my friend. Go you tell hear? Him, I've yet to see the day you can holler at my friend. Adam, Pipe man. down or I'll brain you. Well, this is the day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great to have a front man, but my boy is too much front and not enough man. <laughs> But come on, Victor, let's rub hoofs with the horsey set. Look, there's Lana Turner. Uh, what scintillating hair. What bewitching eyes. What delectable skin. Yeah, and what delicious lips. You know her too? No, I was just helping you take inventory. <laughs> My boy likes to keep track of the stock in case of a clearance sale. Hi, fellas. Boy, am I crying the blues. I got a couple of bucks I want to spend, and I can't understand this silly racing form. Why, it's simple, Peggy. Look what it says about the first entry. Bred in Kentucky, does the mile in 140, wears blinkers, white bandages on legs, and chestnut markings on nose. <laughs> Say, that sounds all right. Should I bet on him? That's just the owner. Wait till we get to the horse. <laughs> Let's see. His name is Blind Date. Well, before Peggy bets on it, Jimmy, why don't you look under his name and check on his parents? You see, under this horse up here, it says, Whirl away out of Pretty Mary by Sea Biscuit. Well, what does it say under blind date, Jimmy? Oldsmobile out of gas by Griffith Park. <laughs> hey, excuse me, fellas. I've just got to get a bet on that first horse on the board. A minute ago, he was 101, and he was just marked down to 98. <laughs> That's a woman for you always looking for a bargain. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? What's this? The Bluegrass Stable is auctioning off their entire stock. Now, the first horse is a two-year-old named Free Pass. I'll start the bidding at 2,500. Who'll make the next bid on Free Pass? Who'll make a 28 on Free Pass? Guys. Jimmy, isn't this interesting? We'll yeah, and to think we got in on a free pass. What did you say? Free pass. Sold to the man with the big nose. <laughs> now, wait a minute. All bids are final. 
That's $2,800 for the horse, $40 for trainer's fees, $60 for stable charges, and the horse has a $700 food bill. $700 for food? Where does this horse eat at the Macombo? <laughs> Don't be silly, Jimmy. They wouldn't let him in there without a necktie. <laughs> this is no time for joshing. How am I going to get back my $3,300? Spread out, boys. It's hot breath, Houlihan. Attention, Eastern States. We just solved your heating problem. Miss Houlihan, I didn't know you were interested in a sport of kings. Are you kidding? Why, uh, the last time Seabiscuit ran in the Kentucky Derby, I was standing at the finish line. What happened? It was the first time the jockey came in ahead of the horse. I think I know how that boy felt. Turn off your motor, Pudgy. You're running out of gas. <laughs> Wait a minute, hot bread. Maybe you can help me get my money back on this horse I just bought. You seem to know a lot about horses. Well, Natch, I'm from Texas. Whenever I go away from Texas, I feel like I've left a part of me there. If you'll have it shipped out here, I'll be happy to pay the freight. <laughs> Yeah, and have them put a sticker on it. Use no hooks. Thanks, muscles. Now, uh, listen, I got some information that's right out of the horse's mouth. That sounds like an awful sloppy place to keep <laughs> Victor, Victor, Victor. Look, boys, the horse you just bought is entered in the next race. Now, for $500, I think I can fix it so he's got a chance to win. Good. What's your plan? I'll put a martini in his oats, a Manhattan in his hay, and a bucket of champagne in his water trough. Will that make him win? I don't know. But if he loses, he'll be the happiest horse on the track. <laughs> it's a deal, hot bread. Here's the $500. Thanks. Free pass will be the last entry, number 10. So long, flute snoot. So long. And goodbye to you, lover lips. It gets around, it gets around. <laughs> Jimmy, that's a hunch. We got in on a free pass, and your horse's name is free pass. Victor, what a coincidence. Take my wallet and go over to the $100 winner and buy four tickets on number 10. Have you got that? I got it, Jimmy. Four tickets on number 10. Four tickets on number 10. Four tickets on number 10. With a hunch like that, my 3300 is practically right back in my pocket. That guy's a novelty. Most people aren't flat till after the race. <laughs> Boy, what a thrill. There's my horse number 10 walking along the rail. Hey, free pass, I'm depending on you. How do you feel about the race today? I'm feeling mighty slow. <laughs> I'm surrounded by assassins. I gotta catch Victor before he makes those bets. They're off. And running. It's too late. There goes my dough. Heading down the back stretch, it's Candy Bar in front. Bitter honey, wacky packy, and free pass was left at the post. He's fumbling with the lock on the starting gate. <laughs> Going into the far turn, it's Bitter Honey, Candy Bar, Wacky Packy, and Free Pass is still at the post. Now he's sending up flash for a locksmith. 
Now free pass is broken from the starting gate. He's gaining. And now the horses are coming down the line of finish. And the winner is number 10, free pass. Victor, free pass did it. He did it. That makes me even. Just think, four tickets on number 10. What did you say? I said four tickets on number 10. You got me four tickets on number 10, didn't you? No, I got you 10 tickets on number four. <laughs> Good health to all from Rexall. We hope you're feeling fine. So always call for Rexall, where you see the Rexall sign. Remember, 25% of America buys its drug needs in Rexall drugstores. Rexall is that large and respected family of more than 2,000 different drug products. You can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall, available in Rexall drugstores everywhere. Touche, Howard, and I'd like to add... I do my shopping at a Rexall store, buying Rexall drugs and a furthermore. Hombre, I'll go eat prefers them too. We buy Rexall, that's all. How do you do? Now, who will be with you when we're far away? When... Let me hear that high note, maestro. What a note, Mr. Petrie. A delightful note, Mr. Durante. But, Jimmy, I've got a note here that I'm very proud and happy to read. Here it is. Tonight, because of your great charitable spirit, over a thousand of your friends and admirers will gather at the Biltmore Bowl here in Los Angeles, where the Men's Club of the Mount Sinai Duarte National Medical Center will present you with a heart of gold. No better choice, Jimmy, could be made. Because down through the years, you have given your time, your money, and your heart to the less fortunate. When your friends pay tribute to you tonight, Jimmy... They're honoring not only America's favorite comedian, but one of America's favorite people. That's the message. And here's the plaque, Jim. Well, Howard, I don't know just what to say, so maybe I better let the words come out however they will. What I mean is... To everyone connected with the Mount Sinai Duarte Medical Center, thanks. Thanks from the bottom of my heart. Well, that's all for tonight, folks. Mr. Moore will be back with us next week. Also, taking Lee, Candy Candido, Roy Barge, the Crew Chiefs Quartet, yours truly, Howard Petrie, and... and Jimmy Durante in person, who says goodnight, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. Attention, all young men between 17 and 31 years of age who are United States citizens. America and the world depend on the United States Navy. To maintain the strength considered essential by Congress, the Navy needs an average of at least 11,000 new enlistments per month. To enlist, see your local Navy recruiting officer tomorrow. This program was produced and directed by Phil Cohan. Good health to all from Rexall. Oh, that room for me down at Wonder Park. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.